You're listening to episode 14 of Breaking Down Business. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. Thank you for joining us for episode 14 of Breaking Down Business. In this episode, we talk with Robert Hisrich, Ph.D., Bridgestone Chair of International Marketing at Kent State College of Business Administration. Dr. Hisrich has a vast global experience as a visiting and honorary professor at more than eight universities in six different countries. He has authored or co-authored 36 books and has written more than 300 articles on entrepreneurship, international business management, and marketing. Listen as Dr. Hisrich shares some career highlights and discusses the college's entrepreneurship offerings. Dr. Hisrich, I'm glad to have you here on Breaking Down Business. Well, it's really a pleasure to be here, Chris, and I enjoy discussing entrepreneurship and things of, of it related to that. Well, I enjoyed our conversations leading up to this, and I know you've got some great stories to share with our listeners. Uh, so let's get right into the questions. I, I know that through talking with you that your career has been a, a global adventure. Can you share some of the highlights? Sure, be glad to. Uh, and you can cut me off when you want because I could go on for days on how <laughs> much fun I've had as well as interesting experiences I've had all over the world. Um, basically, I've always loved two areas, uh, uh, well, three areas really, graduate education, uh, entrepreneurship, and international. So I was fortunate enough uh, early on um, in my career at MIT, I was a professor at MIT, and uh, Ireland came over to MIT because they wanted to adopt our innovation center that we had there. And this was one of the three innovation centers in the world funded by uh, the government. And um, they wanted to move it to Ireland. And all of us that were in the Innovation Center, although there was three of us working in it, uh, said, told them, you know, we have infrastructure here and you don't have that. And we really worry about you taking this. We'd be glad to help you in any way we can because we're, we like to share these things. So they said, well, then why don't you, one of you come over? first semester. And uh, so um, the other two, uh, were, I knew were not going to do that. And I said, well, sure, I'd be glad to come over. So I went over to Ireland, and this was on the west side, the U of L, University of Limerick, and spent a semester at uh, as a visiting professor at the University of Limerick, took my family over, and uh, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, Ireland is just an unbelievable country. We just finished three uh, projects with three Irish organizations in my graduate class um, for the spring. And so I went over uh, and spent this uh, semester there. My kids loved it. Of course, they thought the world spoke English, um, and uh, <laughs> which they were soon know, going to learn that's not true. And so we came back, and, and it was really a sad leaving uh, to leave the, the Emerald Island. You see the green and 
Um, and a few years later, um, uh, in 89, um, the U.S. was really interested in getting uh, business education into the um, Soviet world. And so they funded in Hungary what they called an international management center, the U.S., and it was Canada and uh, Italy, and then, of course, some Hungarian money. And so uh, the head of that, uh, I don't know, found out that uh, I knew international and loved it and all that. And he asked me to come over for a year to help start this international management center. And that's, uh, so I that's asked That's amazing. Me, At that uh, time, that's amazing yeah, to be part of something. This was pre-wall days. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I asked the family, are you interested in going over? Oh, yes. I mean, of course, they didn't realize that there was going to be a language difference. So I said, great. So we went over and um, started the International uh, uh, Management Center. And I taught some courses in, in uh, Hungary. And so we, it was really a great experience. Um, excuse me. It wasn't the International Management Center. It was the um, Innovation Center. And so we really enjoyed it, and the kids enjoyed it. They went to school in a British school. Uh, and so that was a lot of fun. And just a very short time after that, I um, was asked to be a Fulbright scholar in Hungary. So um, I went to Hungary again. Uh, this time the family didn't go. And um, so I was a Fulbright scholar for a year. And we started the International Management Center. So this was the first time, and this is where the federal government got very, very um, interested in funding this graduate education. So we, uh, we started an MBA program. And the first group of students were all top-level managers uh, in some of the big co companies in Hungary. And it was really a, a phenomenal program, and really, I have to tell you. So these were top top business people in right. the country. How did they take to this type of education? Oh, very very well. I mean, first of all, they were very bright because they wouldn't be that. But most all were engineers because most of the people that you know you you didn't have business wasn't any good in these countries, and so almost all the bright people either were in medicine or in engineering. So they were all very smart, very adoptable. And the, the center is still going. I mean, it, it, it was that good. It, uh, it made some transformations as everything does. And, but it's still, it, and it moved uh, locations to even better location. And um, so it was a really a wonderful experience. And I, I loved it. So I would go back uh, and forth every once in a while because I got some really big grants from some of the foundations were very interested in at that time in um, the transition from the Soviets to, to market-oriented economy. Right. So uh, I'd go back periodically and, and to lecture and do other things. Started the first uh, uh, nonprofit um, organization in Hungary. They didn't even know what nonprofit was because they didn't know what profit was. So, <laughs> so we uh, got that started, and that was a lot of fun, too. And uh, Sure, it's a total paradigm shift. You, I mean, yeah, that's so, a lot of, yeah, a lot of responsibility, and that, that's why I'm. I I wanted to see how they how the people there adapted to this this new 
you know, this new education, this new way new of doing way of life. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, about that time the, is when the wall came down. And I could see that because there were Hungarians lined up uh, at the German embassy and the Austrian embassy because they could apply to go over, I mean, and into that part, not for, you know, for a visit, and then they would apply for citizenship uh, in Austria or Germany. And so you knew something was happening. And then, of course, the train started in Poland and and then uh, Gorbachev, you know, took down the wall. And, right. and the celebrations, I mean, you saw the ones in East Berlin, but right. boy, the celebrations in Hungary were equally strong. And, uh, I mean, they just were so excited about having freedom again because they remembered, I mean, not them, but their generations remembered uh, what it was like to be free uh, before the Soviet Union took over. Right. So it was it was a really an incredible experience. So this so that was 1989. This mm -hmm. your international business center. Is that what it was called? Uh, where? At, the, uh, in, in Hungary? It was called the International Management Center. International Management Center sure, has been has been around for 32 yes. years. Yes. That's amazing. The, nothing lasts 32 years anymore. <laughs> uh, you're right. I was, it was, we set it up correctly, you know. Yeah. And it was get, performing something that people still want today. It's just like uh, then I got a, uh, I, I went over to uh, Russia because one of the uh, friends of mine was a Soviet scholar and, uh, and he knew a doctor who was spoke fluent Russian. And so we went over to Russia to see what was going on and met up with a, a university called Zelenograd um, in Zelenograd. That was the, uh, uh, in, in international uh, institute, and they said, "Why don't you start a regular undergraduate program, four-year program?" At that time, you know, uh, a lot of education in Europe was five years, and all of the Soviet business education was five years. And so, I went to meet with the government. This uh, program, the IM, uh, this is the inter. Uh, this program called the Zelenograd Business School is still operating. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and that's we the... we charge tuition, significant tuition uh, compared to this, uh, the first year. So everybody said nobody's going to come. I said there is, as in every country, there is a lot of money. It's just how widespread it is, whether it's concentrated among a few or, you know, hopefully uh, market orientation makes it bigger because you have a middle uh, middle class. Uh, and we had no trouble. I mean, we had, right. I think, for the first class of 50, I think we had 82 applicants. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, so there was a, some pent-up demand, I'd say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, first two years were in Russian, and we were teaching them English. So not only did they have an English, uh, almost, well, it would have been an English certificate. We just didn't give one. But, but the last two years were in English. Okay. Some of the courses were taught by U.S. professors. So okay. we flew them over and they would, and it's a whole, people don't understand how you run international education. And I do. And so they would concentrated courses for one week. One course, one week, and because wow. uh, I couldn't afford to ha have professors gone from the U.S. for the, any longer. Right, 
And that's why the uh, our new MBA program, which I created, is not a semester long. It's six weeks long. Right. And uh, because graduate education and even undergraduate education should be concentrated. The learning is much better concentrated yeah. than non-concentrated. Yeah, I look forward to talking about that a little bit later yeah. in the yeah in the podcast. Now, oh, go ahead, continue. Yeah. Well, that um, that just got me very excited about um, international, and so I um, then created a, another four year undergraduate program down in, in um, Chibaksari, which is a republic south of Russia that's known for hops. And, um, and, then I, and then I got involved with China. And so now I'm dean of uh, special events at a Jilin University, which is the seventh best university in all of China. Um, and I asked Bouchon, he came to visit me and spent a year with me when I was at Case Western. And um, I said, well, what does this mean, Bouchon? He said, it means you do nothing, you have a title, and I pay you nothing. I said, that's fine. So, <laughs> so we run so, a conference uh, every two year, every other year on entrepreneurship, which is the biggest conference in all of China on entrepreneurship now, wow. every two years in September. We have it again this year, but it's going to be obviously not face to face. Right. Right. So about four hundred people come. Okay. Ah, oh, that's yeah. that's big. That's an that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, Bouchon's a good good man, and he's uh, very well connected. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so, so if we can peek in your Rolodex, uh, <laughs> no. I don't know if you want to. <laughs> Very good. Now you you're at Kent State University now. Or I am. Is this a good? Is there a good segue into Kent State from here? Yes. Uh, and what happened is, uh, I after I was at Case Western, I went to Thunderbird Graduate School of Management, and this is this at that time was the number one international business school in the world, and they wanted me to start a international entrepreneurship center, which is easy for me. I know entrepreneurship, I know entrepreneurship centers, and I know international. So I did, and and it was very doing very 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 well. We were funded with a ten million dollar donation from an alumnus. And so we were just doing all kinds of interesting things. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe I'll just teach overseas because I started in that time teaching in Austria every year, both at Donau University and the Vienna School of Economics. I was teaching in uh, Slovenia every year, um, PhD program there. And I was teaching in, and then giving seminars and lectures all over the world, China, Russia, um, Macedonia, Brazil, you know, all over. So um, I thought maybe I'll just do that and do and do my usual writing. And so uh, and then for, uh, Kent State, I don't I don't know how Deborah Deborah Spake, who is a terrific dean, I want to say one of the best deans I've ever had in my life. Um, ask, would you come up and consult with us on the entrepreneurship center? And I said, well, sure. I mean, why not? I said, I, I'm not going to go live in Cleveland, even though I had. I said, but I'll be glad to come up for weeks. I said, it'll be very cheap for you because you just pay airfare and a consulting fee. And I have a place to stay because I'm going to stay in my own house because we didn't, my wife and her shrewdness said, I'm not going to sell this. If we sell this house, I'm not going to Phoenix. 
So I, you know, what do you do on that? <laughs> so uh, I said, sure, let's keep it. And um, it was a little tough for a while out out in Arizona, but um, so I, it was an easy thing for them. So I did that, and then out of the blue, the uh, um, I had a luncheon meeting, and uh, they said, "Would you consider being associate dean of of the graduate school?" And I said, um, "And international." They wanted both. Yeah. And I said, "I said I've never been dean before. I said I've never <laughs> been in administration before. I've run centers, and I've had departments under the in the centers." I said, "I don't know anything about this." He said, "Oh, well, you can do it." And um, so I, that was what what I had the three loves: graduate education, well, two of the three, and international. And uh, so I called my one of my mentors at Harvard, and I said, "Howie," I said, "What do you think?" He said, "Oh," he said, "You want to step on that?" He said, "Nobody wants administration." He said, "I was dean, associate dean at Harvard," and he said, "Ah, oh, you want to <laughs> continue what you're doing, writing, lecturing, and and consulting." I said, well, Howie, I, I've never been a dean. And I said, you know, I'm, I can leave after three years, I feel. So I said, Deborah, I'll commit for three years. So I did, and that's when I created the new MBA program, which is now highly ranked, as if you've seen all the rankings we have. Right. And I really increased the student study abroad trips. I, I think I probably tripled the number of uh, um, uh, of um, agreements we have with international universities. I helped start the program we have in Brazil, which is a, it was the first time ever because I was based on experience I had overseas. I knew how to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, our program with two years there and then two years here, or they can finish there. And it's just a great model. I just knew it would work and it does. Um, and um, so I, I really enjoyed it. And then uh, I just, yeah, you know, my love is professor writing, consulting, starting companies. And uh, I, I went to Deborah and I said, Deborah, I, you know, I, I just am not a dean. I said, I loved what I did. I said, I think I did it absolutely right. We'll have to wait and see what the rankings do. I said, I know it's right. And I, whether the world knows it's right, I don't know. <laughs> right. And um, and of course, the world did see that it was right. Absolutely. And, and for Kent State to be ranked in twenty sixth, I mean, that's unbelievable. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and so um, she said, "Well, why don't you be professor and run our international management center? And we'll pull that out of the dean's position." I said, "Okay." I said, "I'll try it." And if I don't, I said. You know, I'll give you enough warning, but I, I just I like to do things. I like to create, and so yeah. So that's how I got to Kent. So that's, I've been there six years now. Oh, congratulations! That's a that's a great story, and it's and you're already seeing those results come through in national rankings. Yes, that's, it's brilliant. Now, with you, you, your love of creation, creating things like businesses, papers, books. Um, you're on your fiftieth book now. <laughs> yes. Um, I so, so, uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was how that is associated with the Stanford study that's identified you as a top two percent percent of the researchers. Can you share a little bit about how that ranking came about? Sure. 
Um, Stanford, what they wanted to do is, and I've lectured at Stanford. So uh, when I was at Thunderbird uh, in in their entrepreneurship area, but what Stanford uh, wanted to do is they took the disciplines uh, and all all disciplines in like chemistry, biology, mathematics, English, and in business. What the discipline I'm in is that they call economics and business. So that that's that's our discipline. And they went out and said, how much impact, what, what in all over the world, international professors, who has the impact in their discipline to radically transform it? And I was fortunate enough to be selected in, in the top 2% of all professors in economics and business all over the world in impacting the discipline of business and economics. And so uh, I, I was really honored by that. Uh, oh, congrats. I, I don't write. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. That's, well, thank um, you. That's very, and it's so cool. And so, uh, you know, such an honor to have that level of, of um, academic discipline here in the business school at Kent State University. Well, I, I was really honored. And th- that was due probably to, uh, you know, my 50 books, the 50th book that I'm under contract now is the 14th edition of my entrepreneurship book. It's in 14 languages. Uh, and so it's obviously had impact in a lot of places. Uh, the, the next biggest selling language besides English is, is Chinese or Mandarin. So, uh, and it's in Russian, it's in um, Arabic, it's in uh, Spanish, German, French. Um, I mean, I, I don't even, just goes on and on and on. Uh, and even an Ill- illegal edition in Farsi. Oh, so, no kidding. Yeah, so, well, that's yeah. that's another honor. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a, in a funny way. <laughs> a funny way. It, it's a funny story, too. But uh, uh, <laughs> it, uh, I have three of my books are in Farsi. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> Three, so they must three, be selling well. Three bootleg editions. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> right. So now most of your books and articles center on entrepreneurship. Um, how does Kent State serve students with who have those entrepreneurial aspirations? Yes, they have a very good program at the undergraduate level. Kent State has an international entrepreneur. I mean, not an, inter, an entrepreneurship center. Uh, for undergraduate students. Uh, they have a concentration in entrepreneurship and a minor in entrepreneurship. And they have a pitch competition with cash money. Uh, and they have a business plan competition with cash money. So they really, uh, and, and the center is staffed uh, by a person who has started her own company and is very, very good. And so, and they bring in alumni to help students with their questions and how to create a business plan and and how to launch a business. And so uh, it, it, I think they do a very, very good job um, in terms of that. And even in the, in, if you're an entrepreneurship major, even if you don't use the entrepreneurship center, so that's an academic part of the degree, they actually, which I think is very, very interesting, uh, create they, the students have to create a business, so they have to form one. So I think it really gives the undergraduate students a taste and an understanding of what entrepreneurship is all about. 
So I, I am very pleased with what they do at the undergraduate level. That's amazing. So at an undergrad level, they're actually creating uh, a, a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the core, in the academic course, they do it just as part as a part of the core, the one of the courses. And then, if they really are serious, and the entrepreneurship center is open all university wide, so it's not just business school students. We have a lot of fashion students that major either in entrepreneurship or marketing as our minor, and a lot of them have some brilliant ideas, and so they do a very very nice job. Uh, in terms of the entrepreneurship center and creating uh, companies. That's very cool. So that must attract some innovative young, you know, future stars. (laughs) I hope so. I hope for future stars. But yeah, it does. uh, Some of the students that come to Kent because of entrepreneurship, are just very, very creative and very interesting. Uh, one of them, I think now, see, I interviewed him uh, because they wanted, they really wanted him to come to Kent. And um, he had already started two businesses and sold them and wanted to come to Kent because of the entrepreneurship program and just brilliant. And now he's in his junior year. So I'm really eager to see what he comes up with for his business uh, idea for not only the academics, but more importantly for the competitions. Right. And, yeah. and, I, and I can't imagine that there's um, a, a more um, interesting field to help, to, to help educate young people into what it is they want to do and bring to life a new company and see something like that actually come to life by the end of their their academic or their undergrad program. Yeah, very much so. I think they all really, I mean, it's, it's just like, what are my three most exciting times of my life? One was obviously the birth of my children. Um, or I guess I should go first. One is my marriage, which has been very successful. And I have a loving wife that lets me do crazy things. Uh, And uh, two is the birth of my children. And three is seeing my first book come out and, and, uh, and see that. And I guess there's four. Fourth is seeing my first company listed on the NASDAQ exchange. Oh, how exciting that was. No kidding. That's yeah. oh my goodness. That would be exciting. Yeah, may I it was. may I ask the the business? Yeah, it was. Uh, we were in the uh, voice data uh, area. It was Zeta Technology, uh, one of our biggest clients. We we really focused besides voice and data. We focused in the hotel market. So we did all the Marriotts all over the world. Oh. So. Uh, uh, and the Marriott, Marriott was really good to us because here we were a young, fledgling company. Uh, and they, he just, I remember, um, he just said, I'll give you a chance. You got uh, six months to make it work. If it doesn't, you're gone. And I said, that's more than fair. And so we got all the Marriott business. Uh-huh. Uh, that company then had to s- switch gears over to voice data because of the cell phones came in. Right. So the 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 use of uh, for the uh, hotels wasn't that strong anymore but we and then uh, that that is a really a tough market this voice data right and so an india company um 
really wanted to enter the U.S. And I want to, you know, just so I give you a little, uh, give the, the audience a little advice. There is a tremendous market for you to sell to a foreign company who wants to come into the U.S. Think about and even a U.S. company that wants to expand their line. Think about it. How hard is it to create something and then bring it into the U.S. versus buying a company that's already established and already has the distribution system? I mean, this is a no-brainer. Right. Uh, so they offered and we said yes. <laughs> so. Oh, very good. Well, that's so exciting. And, and yeah. so for, you know, for our listeners who want to feel that taking a product to market, where can they learn more about the entrepreneurship programs at Kent State University? Yeah, they, they should just add for the entrepreneurship. First of all, if you really want to know about taking products to market or companies to market, email me. And I think you have, would give them my email address. I'd be glad to help. Um, and because I love seeing other people as well as myself when I create a company, that's so exciting to see something new being created. But the Entrepreneurship Center is, you know, you just go to the Kent State website and you can find the Entrepreneurship Center. <laughs> Dr. Hissarek, it's a, been a real pleasure having you on Breaking Down Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Well, I've enjoyed it, Chris. You're, you're easy to talk with and I've always enjoyed people that interview like this. And so... Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of Breaking Down Business. If you'd like to contact Dr. Hisrich, reach him at his email address, rhisric1 at kent.edu. You can learn more about the college's Center for Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation at kent.edu forward slash business forward slash C-E-B-I. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration, offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.